When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Thank you for joining us on Talking Real Money. I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald is in Utah today doing a class, and uh, so I will be going solo with a special guest in just a few minutes. And at the end of the day, the show really is about you and your money and your concerns and how to live your life with less angst, if you will, about the money you have and the money you might need and the money you have in the future and the people giving you advice about that. And gosh, there's a lot of bad advice out there. So we'll try to get you some better advice, some less biased advice. I guess some advice <laughs> maybe is not so uh, interested in helping you because that person that's giving you the advice is going to make a lot of money for doing so. We can talk about any area of money that you would like, any concern you have, anything you've done, anything you're thinking about doing in your future. Most of the, the money discussion for us is around money you're saving for retirement or money you might want to spend in retirement. But we're happy to talk about anything. So it's an interesting week because I've never done this before. I actually uh, flew to the Midwest, flew to Chicago, and then drove all the way back. People are like, what? why'd you do that? Drove all the way back from Chicago back to Seattle with my brother, who is a college professor and not somebody who's money-oriented. Uh, in fact, we spent a little time talking about his money situation, how much he makes and uh, how much he doesn't make. It's never been, as I said, an orientation of, of his. And, and so I, I tried to spend a little time talking to him about how I view money, what I think about money. I think you in the audience and many of our clients and others I know believe that I spend all day thinking about it, but I don't. It's not the focus of my life. It's not the thing that gets me going. In fact, if you really if you really know me, you know that's really more about probably soccer in some ways. But so I try to think about what he should think about money and how he should consider it and what he should if if it wasn't the focus of your life, what are the few things you should pay attention to? And you know, and so we we tried to unpack that in the mere twenty one hundred miles of windshield <laughs> that we had together, which is a long way. Uh, we listened to some podcasts too and, uh, and and some other programs. But I try to boil it down to some of the simple things I think you should believe about money. Number one would be you really should have money work for you instead of the other way around. What does that mean? Well, it means there probably is going to be work involved. You got to work to have money for your future. And that brings me to number two, which is the biggest fork in the road, because many of you don't do it or many of you are starting too late or many of you think yeah, that the day for my retirement will never come. And that is you need to save some of it. You've got to be willing not to spend every dime that you are taking in. And this is a huge fork in the road, especially for young people. And that's why, for example, we have recommended a rounding service, if you will, an acorns that's hooked up to your bank account. I'm trying to get all the young people in, in my life, um, my children and eventually my grandson to, to just set that up because it's a disciplined savings approach. The money leaves your account and gets invested. That's it. It's gone. So that was one. Um, number two was getting help or getting advice or money management at a fair price. And this is something that is really hard to understand. In fact, my brother is the one who found an article in, in the New York Times a few weeks ago that talked about how so many of you, and this is really great, are moving from mutual funds that were really expensive to ones that are much cheaper. And, he, and the article pointed out that a 1% difference in fees over a 35-year period could increase the amount of money you have in your retirement by one-third. Is that enough to get you to move to index funds to reduce those costs by one percent a year? Gosh, I hope so. And that brings me to number three, and that is money should be a tool for your living, not something you have to think about all the time, because many of you believe that investing is a game that you have to win on a daily or monthly basis. You need to pay attention to what's going on in the market. You need to read the Wall Street Journal or pay or read Kiplinger's or Money Magazine to see what new trend is out there. And I'm here to tell you that, no, that is not the case. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You need to build the right portfolio 
for your need for return, your risk tolerance, and then you need to tune out everything. So, you know, there are people in your life you're lucky to have a long friendship with. I, I really value these. I just saw a guy a couple weeks ago that I've known for, gosh, almost 40 years, and he's been a client for a long time, and I got, I've gotten to know his whole family. It's been wonderful. But the guy in the in the studio today has not just been a friend and a truly great friend, and, and I, I can't thank you enough for your, your friendship and uh, your, your, your comradeship and all the things. But beyond that, he's helped me in business in so many ways um, and and helped me get in this business in many ways because I was I was really a journalist until I met him. So it is truly a, a pleasure and an honor to welcome a nationally recognized authority on mutual funds, investing, regular writer at marketwatch.com. We've got a podcast. He's um, out there everywhere. And he's a dear friend, Paul Merriman. Thank you for being on Talking Real Money. Tom, I, I'm so thrilled to be here. And uh, I have to stop for a second and wipe this tear oh, from that's my very eye. I <laughs> know uh, it's kind. been, we've had so, so much fun together. We have, yeah. And we have changed lives. That's nice to say. That's funny because my brother was saying that on the road trip. He goes, so, you must feel great. I said, eh, I don't look at it that way, but thank you. That's very kind. So, and you have. You have. T- you mean, Paul has talked to, I'm at this point, millions of people between the podcast and the writing and the books and the TV show you had on PBS. The You had a successful t- PBS show. I had the unsuccessful PBS show. No. We won't get into all that. But anyway, so, but Paul's here to answer your questions about all these same topics. We're going to talk a little bit about 401ks because we're involved in a new project there. We'll also uh, make mention of the recent pieces you have at Market Watch, where you talk to uh, John Bogle. It's fascinating, by the way. I, I, maybe it's me. Fewer and fewer people know that name. Maybe because he hasn't been in the business. I, in every class I do, I ask. Just did one in Tacoma a couple weeks ago. I got one hand out of about 35 people. Said, yeah, I, I, I kind of know that name because he's out of the limelight. But in my book, he's a guy that really has cared for, well, you called him a man of the people in your article. I think he really does. He really cares about the investors out there, the people listening to us right now where most of this business sadly does not. They are really, I hate to say it, they're in it for the money, but in many ways they are. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit again. And so let's let's talk about these 401ks a little bit. I, I, I showed you a recent article that still fascinates me that's, that people in big companies still have so much of their retirement fund in one stock. So if I'm working at Boeing and I'm listening today, how much of my 401k plan, my VIP, should I have in Boeing stock? None. 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 That's so boring. I want to. I want to be a company man, though. I want to own. I know. I want to support my firm. Why not? Well, why don't you just work a little harder? Okay. For that would be a. <laughs> that great sounded idea. very familiar. That goes back to the old <laughs> days. I like that, Tom. Why don't you just work a little harder? You know, there's a. Uh, as you know, this new study by Doctor Bessing. Yeah. Bender. Bender. Bessing Bender. Yeah. And and uh, basically, he talks about the suggestion that the, the historical returns of owning lots of companies. And people seem to think that if you own, own one company, you're likely to get a better rate of return. It turns out, going all the way back to 1926, looking at every public company that has Listen, been every, every yep, company right. in the United States, that about four less than 4% of the companies have, have made almost all the real money. And if you look at the other 96%, they've made about the same return on average as T-bills. Right. And I think it was only half made more than cash. Yes. So, so the, your point is, you got to pick if you're if you really th- you think you're working at a great firm, you got to make sure it is the right firm because they might have been one of the one fifty percent that made less than just holding cash. And so we talk about right. probabilities, right? And we want to put probabilities on our side, on all of our listeners' side. And that probability is, if you are way more diversified than you think makes sense, you're probably going to have a higher probability of a better long-term return than if you overweight to any individual company. So I still say none. Wow. And of course, the experts also say, wait a minute, that's the company you're working for that if you lose your job suggests the company's got some problems. You don't want to own a bunch of that at the point that you're looking for a new job because that company has got a problem they're trying to solve and you're part of the solution, but in the wrong way. So, apparently the employees don't, at Sherwin-Williams, don't believe you're, they'll ever paint the town 
down red because 65% of their company, that was a bad joke, 65% of their company uh, retirement assets are in Sherwin-Williams stock. Two-thirds of the money. I mean, and it's a great piece by Jason Zweig a couple of weeks ago that, that pointed out, I think it was Kroger, the day that Amazon decided to buy Whole Foods, Kroger stock went down by some 20%, I think, over a couple of days. And because people had such a significant amount of Kroger stock, the, the company retirement plan lost 7%. Well, you don't want to be, this, and but this gets back to what people believe about investing. I think they think it's a zero-sum game. Paul Merriman gets rich and I get poor. You know, that one it's working for one person is not the other. That is not true, is it? Well, well, it isn't. And, and the bottom line is that the, the risk that you take in any single company would require a return of about four to five times the S&P 500 to justify taking let that me say, risk. So let me give that some real numbers because the S&P has made, let's just say for sake of argument, 10 over a long a year for a very long period. Not every year, by the way. Although this year, <laughs> I looked at this today because I knew we were going to be chatting. It's up over 11% year to date. It's been a great year. But so if you, you made 10%, but if you own Boeing stock, what you're saying is you need to make more like 40% a year to justify the amount of risk you're taking to hold that concentrated position. And that doesn't make sense. It doesn't sound right, except we have to remember that about 11% of public companies don't make it. So they, one out of 10, just they, they're there. By the way, there's one local one that's made it pretty well called Amazon. Do yeah. you know this number? 1997, they went public through, so the 20 years, they, the, the stock has made over 30% a year, which is amazing. That's the good news. That's the good news. In 98, From 98 to 99, you had to absorb a decline of about 90%. Yeah, Not many very people? many. Nobody. Nobody um, sticks mm. there. We'll yeah. be right back with Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first. Our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand and the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Here every week to help you get money and investing in retirement right. Talking real money. Tom Cock here. Paul Merriman over there. Don McDonald doing a class today. And I keep telling him he needs to take a week off anyway. He's like, you know, it's like in, in, in sports. Every once in a while, you just need to give the catcher a couple of days off because it's hard work. He never wants to do that. But anyway, so you got the day off. You're out there trying to figure out what to do with your money and to do it better. And that's why we're here. So Sandra, who now joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Sandra. Good afternoon. My call is a quick question answer and I just wanted to know what you thought about the Motley Fool investing advice. Well I'll let Paul start and then I'll give you my rant about Motley Fool. Go ahead Paul. Well I've followed their performance for a long time through the Hulbert Financial Digest. Hulbert is a is Mark Hulbert had a newsletter for many years where he would look at all the advice independent of the so he wasn't getting paid by anybody he was just taking you'd say buy Boeing today or sell it tomorrow he looked at all the advice and then showed you how much you would have made had you followed that advice exactly mm -hmm. and and what we know is is that they've had a lot of, of portfolios that they started but then are no longer there it's a survivorship bias that you get rid of the things that didn't work now mm -hmm. in the things that have done okay enough to stay in the group many of those have just average very average sometimes below average return others have done better than average so you would have had to pick the right one out of all these various strategies 
these is what you're saying. And you know which ones I they're going to tout. They're going to tout the ones that Shocking. have done well. Do not believe any. And this is not just about Motley Fool, but a lot of the advertising that comes out of the newsletter industry is misleading. They will talk about if you had bought XYZ, you would have made 150% over the last two months. The suggestion is that they told people to do that at a point that you would have made 150%. And by the way, almost nobody gets that right is the bottom line. In other words, no one, yeah, no, no, very few people are calling you in March of 2009 saying buy bank stock. I mean, that didn't happen. Here's my struggle with them. And because it's a little like what you're saying, Paul, if you remember, and I do vividly remember the late nineties, they told people do not buy mutual funds. Those are for losers. What you do is you go buy the stocks of the companies that you shop at because you know, those companies, Starbucks, Costco, et cetera, which was horrible advice then. and, and, And they may or may not have known that then that didn't work out so well so then they moved on to well you but you know you kind of you buy a portfolio of this and that so this is my struggle they have migrated around i like their column in the seattle times every weekend because it is interesting they get people saying i made this mistake and they kind of talk more generally about investing this is one of the issues with investing in general people the big picture advice often can be good but the devil's in the details how is the money really managed and they would not recommend using index funds they would not recommend being widely diversified. So overall, I would not take their advice when it comes to actually managing the money. I'd rather see you, Sandra, go, and we can talk more about this on the show, just buy an index fund because I think over time you're going to make more and pay less to them. That's my take. Well, and I agree. And there are newsletters that do focus on index funds. Give us one. Well, one, Sound Mind Investing. Sound Mind Investing. Okay. And and, uh, they have a fine long-term track record of diversified uh, index funds, mostly using Vanguard. So uh, I would think that's one you could take a look at. And they've been around for probably 20 years, but it's a very conservative, by the way, they go from conservative to aggressive. So you can, you could be, you can have more volatility in your portfolio or you can have less. 100% uh, equity yeah, all okay. the way down to 40% equity. And on, I mean, on, and not to be too promotional, but on your website, you give away a ton of portfolios. I actually have at Vanguard and T. Rowe Price yeah. and Schwab and Fidelity free portfolios. You can go there and look at it and say, I'll put this, and all you have to you take the percentages and put it in those funds. It's that simple. PaulMerriman.com. PaulMerriman.com. So, Sandra, thank you for the question. That would not be the direction I would go for actual investing advice. And this is, again, gets in the weeds, but it's really important when it comes to your money on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to vestry.com to learn more and you can take our free no obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Thank you for being part of our program on a wonderful Saturday afternoon. The program really designed to be about you, helping you get money, investing, for the most part, retirement, right? So I'm really happy to have a guy that I've known for over 30 years. Um, In fact, I was telling my brother the story about how we met. You probably don't remember that, do you? You were selling. Yeah, you were. I remember, and I was buying. No, you were saying, I don't buy. I don't buy. I mean, no, no. but but You you, do remember. (laughs) That's funny. You changed. 
changed my life. <laughs> sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad, by ABC, the way. ABC, <laughs> ABC, all the way. That was funny. That's funny to remember. Paul Merriman, nationally recognized authority on mutual funds, index investing. Still got a podcast called Sound Investing. Pretty doggone good. Still writing for Market Watch. Shouldn't say still. You're writing for Market Watch. He's got a course that's taught at Western Washington University. Is it still called Personal Investing? It is. Okay, it's a great course. It's uh, not about trading options. This is about getting it right so you can retire properly. And Tom, it is very important that people who have a grandchild or a child up there, it is built for non-finance That was majors. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I taught a course <laughs> at a local school. I won't even say what it was. And when I walked in and looked at what they were teaching, this was not a place, these were not students who were money-oriented, but they were teaching the, the aforementioned options and derivatives. I'm like, I don't think they're going to leave here and run a hedge fund. I think what they're really going to do is go be teachers. They're going to be involved in their community. They're going to make not a lot of money. And what they really need to know is how to pick mutual funds, how to avoid making mistakes, that kind of thing. So the course is is around those areas. By the way, to follow up on your hedge fund yes. comment, only about 5% of the hedge funds last more than 10 years. Is that what it is? Less than five? Yeah. Oh, so, shocking. So they may end up running the hedge fund, actually. <laughs> well, and, and one of my true beliefs is 100 years from now, because people always ask me, what do you think the world will look like? I think 100 years from now, if you told them there was a thing called a hedge fund where you paid them 2% to manage and 20% of the profits to take your money and make more than the stock market, I think people think, no. What are they, witch doctors? No, I think they'll think they're insane. And my prediction? What's yours? Go ahead. There will be another Bernie Madoff. It just will be a different oh, name, well, yeah. a different but time. But that big? That big? That big. Wow. That big. Wow. $16 billion or whatever it was? No, no, well, I guess at that's the end the of the money, day. That's the money. That's how much actually yeah. came in yeah. and disappeared. But by the way, they've collected, I think it's two-thirds of that. Oh, that much? That I much. Didn't know it was a that lot high. of money. A lot of money. But uh, not 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 that you should get caught up in that. So it so, turns out yeah. he did a good job. <laughs> I didn't know that. They got two-thirds of their money back? Well, no, I, I, we don't generally recommend that as a practice. Okay. We prefer to see you get keep all your money and get some market return as well. And uh, Patricia is here and joins us on Talking Real Money. Hi, Patricia. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. How can we help you today? Oh, good. Do you have any idea why the U.S. dollar is going down? Do I have any idea why the U.S. dollar is going down as compared to uh, all the major currencies? The Canadian dollar. Oh, the Canadian dollar. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna... I've been tracking it. Yeah. And it, um, you know, most of our investments are in U.S. dollars. Most of them are, yep. By the way, when we... Go ahead. Yep. So, Patricia, let me let... You can figure this one out. What is the one product that comes out of Canada that for over a decade just made them a ton of money but has recently fallen in price? Oil. Got it. Yep. There you go. Yeah. There, that, that is um, one of the factors. Just since, um... Okay, but I want I wanted to just stop you for a moment here because this is exactly the kind of thing we talked about at the top of the program that but paying attention to this rather than being widely diversified we, we build portfolios we build for people have half of the money in denominated in dollars and then the other half is denominated in all these other currencies because we don't know what currency is going to be better which market's going to be better into the future we don't know what's going to happen to the price of oil we don't know what's going to go on with the canadian dollar we're just saying that's the the, the value of those firms is spread around that way spread your money around that way and don't pay attention to what happens day-to-day with the dollar or the yen or the euro or the rest of them. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at talkingrealmoney.com under the video link. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand 
understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Thank you for being part of Talking Real Money, the program designed to help you make a better future for yourself in many ways. I'm here, Tom Cock. Don McDonald has got the day off because he's doing a class. And my friend and colleague and educator, Paul Merriman, is on the program. For full disclosure, Paul and I were uh, partners in a way, if you will, uh, for a long period of time at, at his firm called Merriman, which is still around, still does great work for investors uh, throughout the United States. And now he is retired, but he's, uh, he's still out working it because he still writes for market watch got a great podcast the website with all those free portfolios and we're working on a project frankly i'm just glad to be on the air to be out of the car where i spent two and a half days with my brother listening to a lot of the uh, british open there should be a law against having golf on radio i mean it's bad enough i think on television but radio really i mean he's whispering and then he steps up to the oh, no it was mad it was horrible so i'm just really happy to be not in the car for any more 2100 miles but we're doing a project together because most of you listening, most of you are going to need to save into your 401k plan. Most of you are going to need to do it right because that's going to be the, the most of your money other than Social Security. Yeah, Social Security is still going to be important, even if you're 30. But most of you need to be saving in the 401k plan, investing it properly. So we, we're working together on a project to look at as many 401k plans as we can and show you how to build the correct, I hate these words because they don't mean anything to people, asset allocation, which funds to pick. And then and we're, so we've already taken in. How many plans have we already taken in from people? A lot, right? I think three. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I think we maybe have 30 plus yeah. plans have come in recently. And so and how do they send them to us? They can send them to either one of us, well, right? Well, they can send them to Paul at paulmerriman.com or okay. they can send them to... You can send them to me, Tom, at, uh, at vestry.com vestry, yeah. or you go to 401411.com. You can send in plans that way. So we're going to look at that plan for you and we're going to show you if you want to be aggressive, here's how to use these series of mutual funds. If you want to be moderate, here's how to do it. And if you want to be more conservative, if you're closer to retirement, here's how to do it. And we'll give you the exact funds, the exact percentages, and hopefully you'll follow the advice. Well, and hopefully, <laughs> by the way, I mean, we're hopeful too that our advice is going to lead to better rates of return. We know they have in the past. That that part is easy because we know what we should have done in the past. Yep. We don't know what the future will bring, but I can guarantee you that we're doing the best that we can to help you retire early early, retire well, and with this more. this is part of what you've done for a long time is, yes, we manage money professionally for people, but we've also tried to show you if you just did this on your own at Vanguard and your 401k, and you've been very generous with your time and energy to help people do that. So send us your plan. We're going to put them on, we're going to put the, after we build these on both websites, right? Your site, our yes. site, so everybody can see these very easily. It's a great project. We've got a, a, a very nice young man who, who, he went through your class, right, at Western? Yes. Okay. And he He's, uh, he's our summer intern, and we're gonna. he's working on those plans diligently now. We'll put him up on the website. So send those to us. I guess maybe 401411.com or paul at paulmerriman.com. Send us those. We'll be glad to uh, to, uh, to to try to help you get your 401k corrected. Can I, can I yeah. add one thing, yeah, please Tom, do. very quickly? Yep. We're not just trying to help one. This morning I talked to a fellow from Oracle. There are lots of Oracle employees. I thought you were going to say you talked to the Oracle. I was going to get worried. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. But, but this person is not only going to to be helped. But I believe if he sees our devotion to educating people, he will make people within the Oracle organization aware of the work we're doing. So it's more than just for that it. individual. Good point. It's for as many people yep. as we can possibly reach. I love that. So uh, send those to us and we'll get them back to you. Let's go back to the phones. Kevin joins us now on Talking Real Money. Hi, Kevin. Hi. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? We're having a great time. How can we help you today? Yeah, I've got a question. I, I uh, When I was younger, I I invested pretty heavily in American funds. And you know, since I've been listening to your program, uh, you know, I've come to realize that the fees are you know have a big impact on your investment outcome. So it's just I'm I'm debating on whether to, you know, get out of the American funds. Well, are you doing this on your own? Are you Vanguard? Doing, are you doing this on your own or do you still have somebody yeah. because American funds are generally sold by a broker, generally. Right. That's that's the way I purchased them. Okay. Through so, a broker. So if you came to either one of us on the street, and if you come to either one of us on the street, all my son in front of us, 
to protect us, Paul. Don't worry. No, but if you did, but we would tell you to go to Vanguard, where Paul just went and met with John Bogle, because why, Paul? Why would you use Vanguard instead of American funds? Well, to, to begin with, the question first would be what kinds of funds that Kevin needs, because we would want you to be in the right asset classes. I don't care whether you're talking about American or you're, or you're talking about Vanguard. Then we also need to know something that's important, Kevin. Are these uh, investments mostly in taxable or tax deferred? IRAs or like... about 50-50. Okay. Okay. Because unlike, I suspect that if you had it for a long time, there's a capital gains uh, implication. Right. Yep. So you, you got to know about the implications of that. But right. in almost all cases that the, the, the expenses of the index funds are going to be at least a half a percent lower than you're going to have in American. In fact, in many cases, much lower. That's number one. Number two, the index funds are pure asset classes that you know exactly what you're going to get very often at American. And and by the way, they're a, a great mutual fund company. I mean, they've been around since yep. 1920s, I think. But, but you are going to get a mixture of different asset classes in one fund. It makes it much more difficult to be able to, to grade their abilities. But we know that over time, active management ends up in the bottom 90% index funds end up in the top 10%. So if, if there's no tax cost to do it, I think for the rest of your life, how old are you, Kevin? I'm 53. All right. So 40 years. 40 years, the implications of making an extra half of 1% a year is not only a life changer to you, but it's a life changer to your kids. That helpful? Right. Yep. Appreciate the advice. All right. We're going to quickly try to go to Raymond uh, before we go to the top of the hour. Hi, Raymond. How can we help you? question for Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, I love your website. Great advice. You have a topic on there that is, is touched on, and it's the same topic that I wanted to ask about today. I'm faced with having to move uh, a large amount of funds that are previously not under my control due to a pension cash out into an existing IRA that's invested in a way that's similar to what you advise. And I'm a little nervous about moving it all into the same distribution all at once. Okay, we're going to, we're gonna, Raymond, can we get you to hang on here for a few minutes? We'll spend a little more time unpacking that uh, across the top of the hour because that is a big issue that people run into. Hey, I've got this money. What do I do with it today? The other one, Paul, that always comes up is the market's at a record high. Why would I want to invest? We'll talk on those things in just a few minutes here on Talking Real Money. Stay with us. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at talkingrealmoney.com under the video link. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Thank you for being part of the program. Tom Cock here today. Don McDonald doing a class and my dear friend for over 30 years, educator. He's a national authority on mutual fund investing, index investing, retirement, written books, got a great podcast. You can still hear it at Sound Investing and uh, just a guy who's really tried to help people for a long, long time. Paul Merriman on the microphone over there. So we were on the phone. We're uh, talking with Raymond about his 
his retirement and about uh, moving money from a pension to an IRA. Raymond, and, go ahead. Paul, go ahead. All right, Raymond. Um, right now you've got an IRA, and what's the percentage of equities and the percentage of fixed income in that IRA? Uh, it's 55% uh, fixed income, 45% equity. Okay, so it's relatively conservative, and you know that you're exposed to probably about a 20 to 25% one-year loss with that combination of fixed income and equity. So now you're going to add this new money into an IRA. And the big question is, do you still think the right spread between equity and fixed income in the long term is about 50-50? I do, but I have the psychological block of um, putting it all in at one time. Taking money out of a retirement plan and then exposing that pension-like savings to the market. Is that your question? Yes. So, I mean, I guess the the question then, would it be put it all in or dollar cost average in is what you're, I mean, that's kind of where we're headed here, correct? Yes, I see that comment of people yeah. say, well, then if you're in that position, dollar cost average, but they don't give a strategy. Well, I, here's, and we may have a difference of opinion here because I, tr- I truly believe for you, Raymond, or for Paul or for myself, your asset allocation is your asset allocation. In other words, my son is 24. He is 100% in stocks because he's hoping to in a home run. I'm not that exposed to stocks. And I think your asset allocation, I know Paul's more conservative than mine. You're a little older and you're a little more conservative than I am in I am. many ways. I so am. I think I and mean, my answer to you, Raymond, would be to put it in at the 55 bond, 45% stock, that that's relatively conservative. But Paul, what's your take? Well, I think that uh, probably if this is the kind of thing that could cause you to make a, a big move if the market started against you, then that is the wrong decision. That in that case, you might want to look at, at, at dollar cost averaging in over two years. Two years, Raymond. So I, would you do it quarterly then? Quarterly is fine. Okay. Even monthly is is So is, the money would fine. come out of the pension, go into the IRA in cash yep. or cash equivalent something, and then slowly dole it into those various assets. Does that but, make sense? But let me let me offer one yep. more. I want to compromise between the two of us because oh, I don't want to leave here being mad at each other. <laughs> right. How about if he puts half the money in to the existing asset allocation and dollar cost average okay. in the other half of the money? I think, by the way, Raymond, you should sit down with a financial advisor, okay? Raymond, thank okay. you for your phone call. Appreciate it. Let's keep going on the phones. Tom, who patiently waits for us here and uh, joins us on Talking Real Money. Hi, Tom. Tom? Cool. You meant John. Oh, John. Pardon me. I got Tom in front of me on the screen. My apologies. How can we help okay. you? Yes. Yeah, so actually, I got a lot of fair amount of money wrapped up into the thrift savings plan. Yes. The government. Mm-hmm. And I'm about a year or so away from retirement, and I've been going back and forth whether or not I leave that money in the TSP when I retire or if I take it out and roll it into something external to a TSP. Now, is it going to be another interesting discussion? I love the TSP because the costs are exceedingly low. In fact, and you have a, you can use a bond fund that I can't I can't even buy the same bonds because they only issue them for that bond fund. That's the plus side. The downside that, that we could discuss is the asset allocation, the exposure of the stock part of the money is not going to be as diversified as we would like. Paul? Yeah, you're going to get exposure to very large and some and some small uh, within the plan. But you're not going to have the value orientation that we would want you to have in your value portfolio. stocks. These are companies that, if you looked at them one off, would make you nervous. But over time, have created greater returns than the, the, the than the firms that feel more stable. I guess in a way, exactly. we'll continue this discussion if you can hang on for a minute, John. But this is a very interesting discussion that does come up because you will never find costs as low as you've got in that TSP. Truly low, low cost. Tom Cock, Paul Merriman. And you, let's help you get your future looking brighter when it comes to money and investing. More in a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at Retire Meet online right now 
free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Here every week to help you get money, investing, and retirement right, talking real money. We've talked about everything from uh, Motley Fool. Not, I'm not a Motley Fool fan. American Funds, I'm eh, not really a big fan of American Funds either. Uh, but right now we're talking with John about his TSP, which is the, I always forget, the Thrift Savings, Thrift savings plan. plan. This is for federal employees. Okay. This is their retirement plan. It's a wonderful plan because the costs are very low. The diversification is okay. What Paul was trying to say is you may want to move some of that money because you may want to expose the stock side, this is getting in the weeds a little bit here, but to other types of assets, Paul, that you don't have exposure to in that TSP. And of course, you got to decide what other assets you should own. I suggest at my website, paulmerriman.com, read an article, The Ultimate Buy and Hold Strategy. I think it's right on the home page, right? Uh, there is a link there, I believe. And or- that will tell you why you really should be diversified. It's a wonderful piece. And do you have all the numbers there and everything too? Uh, yes. Shockingly, and, but yes. Shockingly, okay. yes. No, <laughs> okay. do I love numbers? Oh, baby, come to me. Uh, so so uh, I, th- I think the other thing, Tom and I were talking at the break here, yeah. that the possibility that what you could do, John, is you could uh, take a part of the money. You can do that, I believe, with yep. TSP. Move mm-hmm. that into asset classes that you don't have. Open an IRA at Vanguard, for right. example. Own some of those equity asset classes you don't have in the TSP. Keep the TSP for the bonds, for example, which is a truly great bond fund. Maybe the large company, because that's, again, very low cost, and then own some of those other asset classes at Vanguard. You could do that. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, there's a start, John. Is that helpful? Okay. You mentioned, you, know, you mentioned the Vanguards there. That, uh, outside in my brokerage account, outside of TSP, I have the, uh, the Vanguard Energy ETF, which has not done me very well at all here. Well, that's a, yeah, okay. Getting, yeah. We're not John, John, up, and you're John. Hang on to it, because that's a different subject for later <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, we thank you for your call, but we don't recommend sectors. Like, yeah. So energy is a sector, and there'll be times when it's great sector. In fact, I was just looking the other day, what's been the best sector year to date? Oh, I Technology. know. Technology. Technology has well, been killer. Course. Way, 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 but, way, But way there up. is energy in the S&P 500. You the already could have yep. already he did own it. He yeah. Did. So, but you're, you're you're what you're doing is you're making a bet on a particular part of the economy, yep. and people think that's investing. That's speculating. That's d- investing is simply riding, if you will, capitalism up in some ways. When you decide that that energy is going to do better than healthcare, you're making a bet on a particular part of the economy, and there isn't anybody I know who can see the future well enough to tell you be in energy, be out of healthcare. That I found. And the good thing is you don't have to make that bet. Thank you. That's another way to put it. Let's go back to the phone. Alex joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Alex. Hi, Tom and Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. Uh, I had a question about uh, index funds. There are I saw more and more people that are investing in index funds, which is good. But I'm wondering if there is a risk that the companies, for example, in the S&P will become overvalued because of that. And if everybody invests in index, are there enough people left to make the market efficient? Yeah, it's a great question. By the way, let me give you a couple of numbers because I just read this from the New York Times, an article you may not have read. Uh, that my brother said that was talking about lower fees are great if you can actually get them. $326 billion in outflows from actively managed funds last year, $429 billion into index funds. The question is, if everybody indexes, what happens, Paul? By the way, I it's did not even, we're not even read close that, to that article number. this morning. Okay, I just want 
you to know. <laughs> I don't feel so good about myself then, darn it. No, so it's no, your but, brother. Yeah, um, so it, right now it's, I think it's about a third. I didn't of, read it. Oh, no, yeah. Okay. It's, good piece. <laughs> it's, about a, it's about a third of the money today, I believe, is invested in indexes, two-thirds in actively managed or individual stocks, something so like that. So those people are going to, that are still actively managing the market, are going to be the ones to set the price at the end of the day. And remember, it could be a 1,000 shares that trades in the whole market, and that's the price that they're going to put on the index funds. Now, obviously, they, they sell a lot more than a 1,000 yep. shares. The, 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 the theory is, it's always been this way, that any really good thing is going to be the either going to be make people filthy rich or are, is, is going to really hurt the market. And there will be times the S&P 500 will be overvalued. In fact, in 1999, before indexing was really popular, it was way overvalued. And it took the next 10 years to get back to having a right. return that it, it only look, made like what 1% a year. It lost for, 1% a, a year. For those next 10 years, right. It was but horrible. if you put the, the 25 or 35 years together, it's about a 10% return. Yep. Yep. It, it came back. So yes, there will be times like that. Here's the good news. The good news is, Alex, that during that 10 years, the S&P 500 was losing 1% a year. Other asset classes, small cap, value, international, were doing well so that a broadly diversified portfolio made over between 7 and 8%. I'm talking about equity only oh, during I that period of time. So we don't know if that's always going to work like that. And by the way, I will make another argument that the, at, at, in some ways for a long period of time, there will still be people actively managing money because hope springs eternal. I mean, you can look at, we're, we're making, you're discussing hedge funds a minute ago, that only 5% of them last for any period of time, but new ones are being started every day because people think, aha, I have found this great idea that nobody else knows about. And by the way, the, the hedge fund manager of all time, Stephen Cohen, is back in business in January, believe it or not, despite the fact that he gave a two-year ban, he's right back in the business. And he'll have some great ideas. So I think, though, in, to some extent, you're correct. There, the, This idea that more and more people index, what impact that really has on stock prices, we may not know. But it's still a very, not a small percentage, but a substantially less than the actively managed amount today. I think that's fair to say. And Alex, have you ever bought a lottery ticket? Actually, no. Good. Nice work. That's good to hear. But a lot of people do, and they will keep buying lottery tickets, even though they'd be better off to put it into an IRA and, and, and let it grow for the rest of their life. Alex, thank you. Does that answer your question? Not enough people listening to this show and to Paul Merriman podcast then. So that they will... Oh, that's, oh, very, that's kind. very nice. We'll take that. Thank we'll take you, that. Alex. That's very kind. And, and this gets this aspect of not just index funds, but when do I buy? I, I truly believe, because I, I don't think anybody knows if the bear market, and we were making a joke, by the way, about the bear market starting on Tuesday. Nobody knows that. That's why you should, listening, and Paul too, he already knows this, you should have an asset allocation that fits your need for return and your risk tolerance. Then everything else, this whole aspect of whatever Trump does or whatever happens in North, they always think, you always used to say, list A is the good news, list B is the bad news. Those lists are there, which everyone's getting the higher yelling that seems to impact stock prices. But you just said something that's uh -oh. so magic, Tom. You <laughs> said, Finally. No, uh, but, well, no, I don't think you understand this, actually. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but here, here's, you said people need to understand their risk tolerance, yeah. which means they have decided that when the market goes down and that it will, yep. that they are ready to lose 20 or 30 or 40 percent. And if their portfolio is built to lose more than that, what they're really saying, I'm going to be Pollyannish about this and I'm going to make up a number that's not going to be like reality. And oh my God, what am I going to do when it really does happen? Which is why I built the fine tuning your asset allocation you get table. A real, yeah, you get a feel for what's happened. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I would I would build my portfolio for that loss and be ready for that yeah, tomorrow because yeah. we don't know. All right, great answer. You just said something that was magic there, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, thank you for joining us here on Talking Real Money. How can we help you today? Well, thank you so much, uh, Tom. I can tell you that you're certainly giving Don a, a run for his money today while he's out teaching class. And certainly <laughs> to uh, Paul, I certainly appreciate everything you guys have done to educate and uh, certainly uh, get us to where we need to be because there's a lot of tricks out there. And I uh, certainly appreciate that. But the question I have for you today is my employer does the match in company stock for my 401k. And the way I've kind of dealt with that is, is I'm going to leave it that way so that when I can retire, I can rotate the, the Roth portion to the Roth in the after tax or in the after tax portion to the Roth and the deductible portion to an IRA. But the employer match, since it 
has a cost basis, I can roll it to a non-retirement account and then sell it and only have to pay capital gains on the gain if it's made any at you know the 20% rate versus selling it within the 401k and making the entire amount taxable. Am I looking at that right? Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's a yes. very interesting point that we don't hear much about. But yeah, that that would work. I mean, I guess then you just have to realize you're taking on the additional risk of that firm. Right. And right. and Certainly. by the way, and and just for what it's worth, I happen to be a real believer in the small cap value index, not as a standalone, except for maybe a, a newborn child, but as a part of a portfolio. So if somebody said to me they wanted to take higher risk, in your case, owning stock in one company, I would say you're probably way better off in the long run selling that and taking a position in small cap value because you are likely to get probably a 4% a year better return. Now, over over the S&P 500. Large cap stocks. Yes. Got it. Okay. Now, I don't know what kind of a company. Maybe the company you're in is a small cap company, even a small cap value company. That's the good news. The bad news is any single small cap value fund on a stock on its own is very risky. So I would certainly want you to, to at least look at both sides. What would happen if you had it in an asset class that has a history of very high returns at more risk compared to owning one company at more risk and make that analysis before you make the final decision. Does that help, Kevin? Yes. Yes, it does. And certainly thank you guys for everything you do to educate us that, out there. That and, is, um, thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you. So let's keep that going and uh, go back to the phones. Wayne very kindly joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for answering uh, take my question. Uh, a friend of mine has a financial advisor, and he's been told that he can get 6 to 7% guaranteed with no downside. Is there any program that you can think of that would guarantee you 6 to 7 with no risk at all. How old are you, Wayne? Uh, I'm 60. Okay. I, I suspect that it's a, a immediate life annuity. And okay. yes. Uh, I didn't know they're still paying six. I thought it was about four, but well, okay. Well, it depends on your age. But that um, may be true, and, too. Okay. And I right. know it's at, at my age, because I'd looked recently just out of curiosity. You looked at your age recently? Don't uh, do that. <laughs> don't do it. I can <laughs> get seven. Here's, here's, here's the thing. If you are going to consider a single premium life annuity, understand right. that if you, when you die, or if you do it with uh, with your spouse, so it's a joint payment, joint life, when either one of you or both of you are dead, that's the end of that money for your family, and it goes to the insurance company. Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, but they, yeah, they said that this at the end of like six or seven years, it ends. So it didn't sound like it was an insurance policy. It kind of well, it has to be an insurance good. product of some kind. This is where this is where the rubber meets, because for, for every letter in the alphabet, there's an annuity. We could go through the whole show trying to figure out which one it was or I'm, is. Yeah. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a name. Oh yeah, let's do that. That's a good idea. Stan the annuity man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It makes me smile every time. Stan I... the annuity man. <laughs> yeah. He he offers the most marvelous free books uh, and on all sorts of annuities. There is no sales pitch. He does not follow up and try to sell people anything. Yes, he is in the annuity business. So he tries to help people right. compare one. If you gotta get that, then compare yep. this to that, which I think is good. So I was trying to help yeah. a friend uh, and and Stan, I got a quote from Stan and I got a quote from Vanguard. And the quote from Stan was a little higher than the vote, the, the, the guarantee from Vanguard. And so I told Stan it would probably be 60 days before this gentleman was going to have his money. And Stan said, well, be sure and check back with Vanguard at that time because sometimes Vanguard is higher than, than, than I am and sometimes my sources are better than Vanguard. That's changing all the time. So, so this is this is a guy who's about as straight as anybody I've met in the insurance industry, and the educational material is absolutely fantastic. I guess the other question I would be at this is where I think annuities get kind of confusing to people. I mean, annuity technically should be I'm giving Paul my money; he's paying me back what I gave him with some interest over time. It's providing income. That's what an annuity should be. Then you get into all these other products with all the writers and the index and I get this percentage of the market. That's where I struggle with them because it, 
it's very confusing. It's generally high cost. It's illiquid. And so that's where I that's where I don't like and that's why I don't like annuities generally because it's and by the way, most of the people that sell the product don't understand it well either. Yeah, but there's one thing that's really important is there's almost no place where a salesperson can make more money than on selling an yeah. annuity product. In some cases, as much as 10%. So if you give them a million dollars, they make a hundred thousand. You think they might right be now? Not is there a conflict yeah. possibly yeah. there? So let's go back to the phones. Carol is uh, kind enough to wait and joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hey, I'm so excited about hearing you guys. So here's my question. I'm a state employee. I'm going to retire in nine years. Um, I ran my my retirement numbers just for a giggle, and I will be making, in my retirement, I'll be making uh, $4,000 a month for my state retirement check. That I'll sounds good. I'll be making 2100 a month Social Security, and I will have $150,000 in my deferred compensation account. My worry is, as I start to draw that out, I'm going to have a huge tax hit because I'm dumping in the max now, you know, to my deferred comp to get up to, to build it up over the next nine years. What can I do? Because when you add the the day retirement and the deferred comp and then you, and the Social Security, that's like crazy. What can I do? Well, okay, but let's slow you. Taxes? Yeah, for one moment, the deferred comp you don't have to you don't have to touch that until you're 70 and a half. There's one part. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 53. Now okay. I'm going to retire at 52. Okay, well, I mean that money can ride until you're 70 and a half. If you don't want to take out out. So there's one way to reduce your taxes, Paul. Go ahead. And a second question yep. is, what is your your at least your estimated cost of living when you get to retirement? Oh, like nothing. <laughs> Because um, I'll have my house paid for, all my bills are paid for. I mean, I can. I okay, mean, well then, then I you need to do fifteen hundred a month. Yeah, you need to do some modeling around when to take Social Security and when to take the pension from the state of Washington. In other words, you so can I wait. Have, you I can... have to take the pension at sixty-two. They won't let me defer okay, it. Okay, but Social Security, you could wait until seventy. I'm sorry. You can you, social, can you can you can wait until seventy on Social Security, right. and if you can live on, on the four thousand well, dollars yeah. a month, you don't have to touch the tax deferred or the Social Security. Yeah. So there's two parts of that that won't be taxed for some time into the future. So that'd be one. That that'd be the only way I would know uh, to to reduce your taxes. It would simply be to sort of game when you're going to start taking those various distributions, if you will. Okay, why don't you start there? You can also, of course, not put money into a tax-deferred instrument yeah. and from put this it, point forward and don't. put it aside in a taxable account. And yeah, but uh, I would think, from what you said, you should get it in the tax-deferred and let it grow tax-free or tax-deferred. Take the pension at sixty-two. Wait on Social Security and anything out of the deferred comp until much later. Was what I would do. By taking the deferred comp out later, I pay less taxes because I'm older? Well, no, not less taxes, but you, you don't have to pay any tax on that until you actually withdraw the money from the account. So you could let it ride until 70 and a half. At that point, the government is going to tell you you have to take out, I think it's 1 25th of the money in there each year to uh, and pay tax on it. So you defer the taxes longer is what I'm saying. And that deferred comp portion, I assume, is, count, is, is invested in a manner that it's potentially going to grow, correct? Yes. Okay, that's good. That's what I would do, Carol. Is that helpful? Okay, no, I'll give it a try. Thank you. By the All way, right. by the way, before you leave, Carol, yeah. one thing, you know, I'm not your investment advisor, and any advice I give you here uh, is done w without knowing a whole lot more about you. Good so point. So just take that into consideration. I, 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 thank you for your call, but I mean, that's an interesting, because you're she's at that point where she probably should pay somebody for some professional advice. Even that's what you're trying just to say. hourly. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, you because that's a very, taxation on money received is incredibly important and overlooked many times. So I think that's good advice, Paul. All right, let's go back to the phone. Scott now joins us here on hey. Talking Real Money. Hi, Scott. Hey, have a question for you. Yes. My hand is kind of being forced because I've been listening to you for a couple of years. Keep saying, I'm going to call and set up some time with them, do something. Well, a company I used to work for has went out of business, and now I'm getting a call that says, I got to move my 401k out. And so I figured if I have to move my 401k out of for this defunct company, it's probably a good time to just come in and do it. So what's the, so what should I do 
if I'm being they're telling me I need to move. Okay, well, like there's in my, in my mind, there's a couple of options. Number one, if you're going to do this on your own, I if oh god no, I'm going to come in and talk to you guys. Okay, <laughs> all right, because I mean, you could go to Vanguard for example. I can give you a couple of funds. You could go build the portfolio, get on with your life. You go to Paul's website, paulmerriman.com. He gives you a very comprehensive portfolio again using Vanguard funds. Conversely, if you're going to get help, it doesn't have to be us. Yes, you can go to dfaus.com. DFAUS.com and they will give you the names of advisors. If you just want to work with us, Vestry, well, you can go to our website and fill out a form and we'll, we'll contact you. Okay. I'm just wondering if they're pressuring me, like within, they're saying within the next few days, I need to get it out of Voya into something else. That's, I've but got again, a Fidelity account. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, here's the thing. Yes, you might want to get out, get it out of there as soon as you can. I don't know what's going to happen if you don't. But yeah, I mean, I don't, there may be some problem. They'll probably send you a check that check would have to be deposited within 60 days and you would like that check oh, okay. sent yeah. directly to someplace it'd be better to move it directly from the retirement account to your new ira or your old ira yes that makes sense so get started okay, but great. i don't i don't think you're going to wake up wednesday and have a lot of money that you're going to pay tax on i wouldn't worry about that that was what i was most yeah. worried about yeah all right thank you good all luck right. scott and, and before we run out of time i want to thank you paul for uh, for not just for being a friend and being on the show today but for all the great information you provided and, and part of that is that uh, that you get access to people we don't get access to. I mean, going to see John Bogle in our business is a huge deal because he is, again, I think he's one of the people that have really tried to protect investors for a very long time. You then wrote two pieces. Are these up on your website? Uh, they are. Okay, two pieces about your visit to Bogle, but give us the, the big takeaway. I mean, one of them talked about his frugality. I mean, it, this is very interesting stuff, and you think somebody you're going to hire to manage your money should be frugal. I think that's I, I think a commitment to being frugal will tend to, to follow you know it's like what you you are what you eat that's true and and I would sadly think, I wish I wasn't but okay <laughs> but but this is a man who has dedicated himself to making investing as inexpensive as he possibly can okay so people can go to paulmerriman.com they can get the portfolios they can read this article we're doing the 401k project together you'll be hearing more from Paul in the years could take ahead. hours could take hours <laughs> that's a lot of great information. thank you Tom and take thank you to the listeners. Take advantage of all of that. We'll be back with more here on Talking Real Money in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at talkingrealmoney.com under the video link. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com, click on the video link, and finally... We rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Talking real money here every week to help you get all of this right, to sort of demystify it, make it simpler, because frankly, investing isn't that complicated. I think there are a lot of people in this business that want to make it complicated, so then you spend more money than you have to. So how do you get some basic education? Well, you just heard from Paul Merriman, and you can go to paulmerriman.com to get a ton of great stuff. You can go to our website, talkingrealmoney.com, talkingrealmoney.com. Sign up for our newsletter there. You can listen to podcasts. We've got some fun events coming up, including an open house in a few weeks where we'd love to see you. So take advantage of all of that, TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, 
Miller Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a family registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.